Um, calm down, Stephen. He's very excited to introduce this episode forty-three because we're. It doing- is. I mean, but I think that we are kind of yin and yanging right now with our energy because I'm fucking introing number forty-three. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna need you to dial it. Take it from like Caucasian to like light skin. Can you get it to like light skin? <laughs> I got this weird energy coming through me right now. That's like. Um, you know, in like one of those Armageddon movies where the where the dad is carrying the baby and they're running from like port to port trying to get on ships like that's what it was for the fucking vaccine joint. The last like four days, I've been waiting in lines for two hours, four hours I, for the, the first one on Friday. I waited for two hours, was second in line. And then they just came out and they're like, we're out of, of vaccine? vaccine or not vaccines, uh, tests. Oh, and you're trying to get tested. OK, right. And yeah. so. It was this, this girl, she's like, she's, if she's 20 years old, I would be surprised. She was, she was a child and she comes <laughs> out and she's just got like, Did she have watery- a bib on Was she's suckling a teat. How did you yeah, know? She was, yeah. She had <laughs> breast milk coming out the side of her mouth and she, and she, she came out and she was like so sad. And she was like, look, poor baby, well, you know, they made her go out. You know, they, she's they the only one working. She, she was, she was administering tests, checking people in. And so she comes out and she's like almost in tears. She's like, we're out. And I just, can you please tell the line? Because I just can't keep giving people bad news. And I was like, oh, I'm so sorry, baby. Yeah, lock the door. Yeah. I'll take I care of it. Barricade yourself in. So hold on. Let's, let's, room, let's back up a little bit. Yeah. Steven just like got off to the races. This is episode 43 of Nonprofits. I'm Frankie French. I'm the, Stephen Campbell. That, yes, that is Stephen Campbell. And you are now, we, we're taking a break from our intro I'm putting, you can't see this, but I'm doing air quotes music because as you know, if you are an active listener, Stephen and I do our, again, I'm doing air quotes music with our mouths, right? And Isn't there's anybody that's missing it. I, there's some, there's some weirdo out there that's just as weird as, as me, just as weird as you that's going, oh man. So we're taking a break from the intro music until we can get professional intro music in the same vein of the melody that we were singing completed and then we will bring the intro music back so until then we'll just go do 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 this is non-profit oh i like a little do to do that's a nice little like something announcement yeah do to do this is the non-profit so here we go episode 43 i'm so excited to have this guest on we're not bringing him up just yet but i just want to say i'm super excited one of my favorite humans, also one of my favorite comedians. We'll get deep into why he's going to be on the show in just a few minutes. But first, what's going on, Stephen? I, I heard that you tried to get a test. Yeah. And the poor yeah. young, this poor sweet little baby, breast milk dribbling out the side of her mouth. It's she, she uh, had yeah. a rib. She, she could barely make words. But Started she, her uh, sentence with goo goo. Yeah. I don't have any tests. Gaga. It, but then I had to go down the line. Honestly, though, it's kind of this, like, it's always such weird energy. Like, I, when I went to get the vaccine, that was a very, like, it was this weird, supportive, we're all in this together type energy. And honestly, we're in this together. Yeah, lots of high fives and shit. Yeah. But, but this one <laughs> was similar in this, like, communal, like, we're all doing this shit together to stay safe, blah, blah, blah. Because, like, when I went down the line, I had to tell everybody they were just out of tests. I thought I was going to get punch in the face but like 
Were people weird. trying to like ask you follow up questions? Like, yeah, you work and there? I was very quick to tell them. I was like, I have no idea. They yeah, I, I don't work here at all. Yeah, I'm in line just, just like, like you. Yeah, stop. I'm just helping where I can, and we're out of we're out of tests. So, and did I you mean, say we're out of tests or they're out of tests? I guess I said we. I guess we said we because and that's why they thought you worked there. Yeah, they didn't give me shit. No, no, no. Like everybody was like really just you know everybody's disappointed obviously, but they were just like, yeah. all right, word, well. Thanks for thanks for letting us know. And I just found out that I may have been exposed. I don't know. That I was exposed. Well, may have been. So someone that was at the show that I hadn't seen in a long time, that was at my show on Wednesday, who I hadn't seen in a long time, I definitely, oh my God, we hugged it out. You know what I mean? And then I just got a call today. I tested positive. I'm like, mm, fantastic. Yeah. Luckily, I will, I will say this. I have not tested. I've tested a lot because I travel so much. I am fully boosted, you know, vaccination up to my booster. I have not tested positive throughout this entire pandemic. Pa- pandemic. And now I'm, since I said it that way. Pandemic. <laughs> but so, you know, fingers crossed. Um, hope not because I am here with my, my daughter and my husband and I don't want to get them sick. Wow. Yeah, my husband and I definitely made up for lost time last night. <laughs> wing, wing. Oh, Frankie be fucking. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you listen to the podcast, you already know what it is. Right. Yeah, you know I get it in. Yeah. So you're thinking about changing the podcast name to just Frankie B. Fucking. I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, I mean, both I would, get a, I would wear the shirt, and then people would be like, what does your shirt mean? It was like, it's just like, it's what it says. <laughs> you know what it means. Yeah. You know what it means. Right. <laughs> yeah, so, um, so, yeah. So, what's, what's new with you? You tested positive. <clears throat> I tested positive. We talked about that on I the last show. Shared an Uber with somebody and got it, but you know, I was I was playing with fire, going to comedy shows, doing shows at house parties. And, um, that the weekend that I got it, I just like on Sunday morning, I was just like, "All right, man. Well, if you didn't get it this whole last two years, this was the weekend. This is the weekend that you got it. Yeah, and I yeah. and I did, and it." It, it was fine. I, I mean, I just ate edibles through all of the symptoms, um, which Perfect. Fauci doesn't talk enough about how powerful edibles are. Um, but then it, it was just this, this last thing. I just got to my parents' place for um, the holidays. And so it was two hours waiting in line. I just told you about in New York. The next line was four hours. So I just started going around all the pharmacies and seeing like if I could get it. And I just wasn't able to. And then I was like, all right, word, I'm just going to drive out to Pennsylvania where my parents live and then check all the CVSs, three CVSs, nothing. The third guy just straight up laughed. And he was just like, he was like, no, we don't have any tests. Like, I don't know why everybody's... And he was, I mean, here in Pennsylvania, they haven't heard about the pandemic yet. They, they, they like, I mean... It's not, they don't realize it's the pandemic is making a comeback. They don't give a shit. I, I walked into a coffee shop with a mask on and like, it was like, you ever scoffed at you, you know, you know, in like one of those old Western movies where the dude walks through the, the, the swingy doors and yeah. everybody just stops. The music stops. Like that's what they treated. They're like, 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 <laughs> yeah, right, right. It was a, there was a portly fellow with a vest playing a, playing like a piano. <laughs> Hilarious. If you can't was- tell, I lost like 10 pounds. I look yeah. real in the t- I know because I, I had to fast. Sure. Yeah, I had to fast. Wait, okay, so you, so when you fast, like, are you actually nothing? Nothing. Just, I'm. I'm. It's just. It's if anything, broth and like mm. and wa- and clear liquids, maybe tea. 
but it's tea with like no sugar, no nothing, um, and vitamins so that I don't actually just die. It remind me, so it's your intestines flare up. So, so I have diverticulitis. I'll just put it out there. Okay. I have diverticulitis. I've had it for probably about 15 years. It's flared up maybe three, three big times, three big times where I ended up in the hospital. Mm. Um, since then, I've learned how to manage it on my own in terms of help making myself, helping myself not get sick to the point where I need to go to the hospital. So what happens is your intestine, intestines has these little pockets in it. If certain types of food gets caught in those pockets, that food begins to break down. And that, for lack of a better way to say it, that rotting food causes an infection in oh, your wow. intestines, which will turn, can potentially turn your intestines necrotic. If that happens and they can't heal it with antibiotics, they end up having to cut large or small sections of your intestines out. You end up with a colostomy bag for a certain period of time, typically not permanently, um, can be if you don't take care of yourself. And I have managed to avoid that, thankfully. I had a flare-up. I was just in L.A., and I had a flare-up while I was there. So I fasted for three days. Literally, like, no food. Mm. Um, and Are you just, back on the food train? Are you eating food right now? Yeah, I had, like, I, so I, I eat, like, so, like, last night I, I got a pizza. And that's on the list of things I can eat, weirdly enough. And I oh. ate, like, two small pieces, like, two small squares, where normally I would eat, like, literally that entire pizza sure, sure. so tiny. But I had, like, two small squares, and I that was last night, and I have not eaten today um, because I want to see, like, how my stomach's feeling. It's actually feeling fantastic. So I'm going to – but I'm going to stay on the, like, clear liquids. I'll probably get some Jello later and just, like, chill my intestines until Christmas when I cook and get it in. And what does Christmas dinner look like for you? Is that, is that a lamb, lamb going to be- situation? Yeah, we're doing lamb. So it's going to be basically traditional Christmas dinner. So turkey, greens, uh, mac and cheese, mashed potatoes. Actually, my garlic herb mashed potatoes. Yeah. Uh, roasted garlic herb mashed potatoes. Oh, they're sick. Um, I'm doing my yams uh, to, with my Aunt Carolyn's recipe, RIP. Miss you, Aunt Carolyn. And uh, stuffing, gravy from scratch. Everything is from scratch, by the yeah. way. Yeah. Um, cranberry sauce, and then I'm doing my rack of lamb because why not? It's well, because mom and my husband personally requested it. So, yeah, that sounds wonderful. I we're we're kind of figuring out. I think we're getting. I think we're getting like a bunch of empanadas because my parents just moved in, so they're like just adding on cook a big ass dinner. Oh, you're at your parents now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, dope. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's why I I was. Driving all around Doylestown, Pennsylvania, which gotcha. I've never been to, just trying to find CVSs. I thought you just got a wild hair up your ass. It's like, you know what? I have this car. I'm in New York. PA is not that far. I'm just going to shoot down there, see if I can find a test. Well, that was a thought because my brother lives in Jersey, and he said that he always goes to Pennsylvania to get his tests because he can't get them in Jersey. So I was like, yeah. right, word, I guess. That makes sense. Can I ask, is this weird? I was in line for probably. the COVID test. It probably was. And I, and I was, I'm in line for the COVID test for two hours, right? And 15 minutes into the test or the line, there's this girl in front of me and she's this, this little thing and she's so cold. Like she's like violently shivering, like 15 minutes in, I notice, And I'm just like, all right, I got this jacket and I'm warm. 
Like I'm good. Like I, I, I don't right. think I need the jacket, but I was like, I think it's weird. It's weird to be standing in line and a random guy offers you a jacket. It's weirder when you're in line for a COVID. Co- yeah. And I don't think it's weird. Did you offer her your jacket? It took me another 30 minutes of just watching her like violently shake where I was Did finally like, it? no. And she, she was, she was nice about it, but clearly weirded out about it. Like, and now I'm just standing in line with this girl for like another like hour <laughs> Where like <laughs> I wasn't sure like I like cause cause the thirty you know, minutes I'm gonna say fuck her she made it weird okay right? you were I being a so goddamn too. gentleman you're right? being a gentleman if I'm freezing if I'm actively physically convulsing because I'm so cold and some nice per- I'm gonna I'm, I'm like I get why you offered me the jacket and I want it trust me I want yeah. it but I don't know if it's healthy for me to take it Do you right know she saying? wasn't she wasn't rude about it but she was weirded out by it and now I'm just standing in line like. Where before she was kind of doing three sixty turns around in the line, and right now she's just like, "Oh, the creep! Oh, there's that creep!" Yeah. yeah, she's keeping it at one eighty for sure, just not looking behind her at all. For the rest of the line. <laughs> Whatever. I was trying to be like nice. Like I said, fuck her, not on you. She sucks. You're a goddamn mensch. And she was the first person not to get the test because they ran out. So Excellent. I was second in line. And she was. Perfect. Yes. You want to bring on our guest? Um, can I give my update about what I've been up to other than being sick? <laughs> okay, yes. We just talked all about Steven. <laughs> talked about me about to die. And then it's like, oh, fuck you, Frankie. Let's bring our guest on. That's true. I did say that. I did. I, that was a big <laughs> fuck you. How, how was LA? Oh, well, thank you, Steven. LA was actually fantastic, you prick. <laughs> I went out there. So I'm do, I'm starting a monthly with my dear friend Jackie Steele at the Hollywood Improv. Word. So I went out there to do a couple of shows and just like get a lay of the land, whatever. It was amazing. We did a benefit show for UWC, which is an incredible um, organization for Black trans women. Okay. And we raised fifty five hundred dollars. I want to say. Hell yeah. Um, yeah, and I think that actually just doubled. Ticket sales? Through ticket sales, donations, and raffles, and like all the stuff we kind of had going on that night, and I think that number actually increased afterwards from like donations based on that show. Oh, um, and I got a standing ovation that night. Hell yeah! yeah my oh, my set was fucking disruptive. It was it was dope. And after the fact, I run into this lady who was at the show who works at Netflix, and she pulls me to the side, and she's like. You know, I'm a huge Chappelle fan. I love him. I, I, you know, I think he's great. She's an openly gay black woman. And uh, she's, she's, and now, how true this is, ladies and gentlemen listening, I don't know. Am I going to take the compliment? You goddamn right, I'm going to take it. And I'm going <laughs> to run with it to the door. She says to me, um, you do what Chappelle thinks he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> she said, the way that you manipulate words and tell a story to a group of about a group of people to that group without making them feel uncomfortable and going on that ride with you. So I was mm. talking about white people. Sure, and, sure, uh, sure. And, uh, I was I was uncomfortable just that you were suggesting <laughs> that you were talking to white people. <laughs> <laughs> and it was it was just phenomenal. Just like all the That's way dope. around the door. It was just a really, really dope experience. Um I got to do the laugh factory. I did flappers and it was just dope sets all around. It was just it was a really great weekend. Cool. Aside LA from vibes with you. Every time you walk off the plane in LA, I feel like shit. LA's happens. my jam. Like that's where I, I I am. I feel like I am my best self. I'm most connected to shit when I'm in LA. And most people like love or hate it. I feel very much at home when I'm there. But I get how people hate it because 
I, I hate it. I hate it's everything LA. about it. I hate LA, everything about it. LA is like a yoga. It's like hot yoga. You know what I mean? Like, what's LA like? Like, a hot yoga class. <laughs> I like a hot yoga class. I feel like, well, I just have all these associations with heroin in LA. That's that's kind of my reason I hate And on it. that, let's segue to our guest. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> Our guest, <laughs> our guest, our guest coming on today is, like I said, one of my favorite humans, slash one of my favorite comedians, slash one of the most cr- incredible entrepreneurs that is on the planet today. He's a guy that hosted me for my audition at the cellar. He has created an app called Blap. Blap blap blap. It's B L A. <laughs> Shut it. It's B L A P P. And it will, regardless of where you are, it will tell you where the closest, best Black-owned businesses are for whatever it is that you need in that moment so that you can patronize and give your money to Black-owned businesses. Hell yeah. Not, not Black-founded, Black-owned. There's a difference, and we'll get into that when we bring mm. them on. Ladies and gentlemen, big nonprofits welcome from Mr. John Laster. Yay! Hey, John. What's happening? Yo, happy to be here. And I do not do heroin. (laughs) (laughs) Cool, yeah. My intro was not as good as Frankie's intro. Um, (laughs) I know know y'all was like, uh, speaking of heroin, but I'm like, yo, I don't do heroin. No, no, no. I didn't say, I didn't, no, I was saying on that note, I was trying to deflect yeah. from the weird. I was, I was saying, they're like, John, you make people feel so good when you're on it's stage. It's like right? heroin. You yeah. are like heroin. Yeah, I heard So, John, um, t- tell everybody who you are, where you're from, what you do, why you're here. Oh, yeah. I am a uh, stand up comedian by trade, by way of Denver, um, residing in Brooklyn. Um, and I'm here because out of work comedians have to find stuff to do. And, uh, I, I created an app because I was out of work for over a year. (laughs) Don't you downplayed it. I created an app. So was that, was that something that you were thinking about for a while? Is it, is an idea that was born out of the pandemic or, you know what? I actually, uh, went to, you know, my, my, my major in college was economics with an emphasis in poverty. So I've known oh, wow. you know, since I was a teenager that um, that marginalized communities will remain marginalized indefinitely if you don't figure out um, what to do with your money. Sure. Mm. So elaborate on that. What, is, what does that mean? Um, that just means that it doesn't matter. Black, white, you know, Latino, Jewish, um, even if you're in another country, you know, if, if you're a community that faces headwinds and Lord knows that we came here in change, chains, so we faced um, financial headwinds building wealth. If you don't understand that your dollar is going to need to be circulated or you're going to have to have other people come in and consciously spend in that community, then you will remain um, you know, impoverished. Yeah, you'll remain. That community will remain impoverished indefinitely, and it and it doesn't get any better because we, you know, you, you're always having, um, like I said, a headwind pressed against you. There's always been redlining. There's always been. I I, I couldn't even find. This is 2019. I, it was difficult for me to find an apartment here in Brooklyn. You know, the 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 liberal. Mecca, you know, supposedly of the universe. So there's still headwinds that face us. So imagine what that's like buying uh, a, a new house. Where, you know, there's still places that they won't let us buy. 
you know, seemingly it's like, oh no, well, someone else bought it or this, that, the other, um, yeah. you know, mortgages, what they appraise your house is, is worth different when they see black pictures, you know, when black people own it versus some white guy presenting the house. Um, so all of that still goes on. So if you don't do something to counter, if there's no counterbalance to that, then you're, um, then you're, you're going to remain in trouble. Yeah, yeah, when, I got of- my, when I signed up for my vaccine, um, I clicked Caucasian before on the on the application and make sure I got the good shot. I'm not I'm not even playing. I'm, I'm dead ass serious. It was like race. I was like white as fuck. Yep, I am a white woman. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the idea of like somebody about to administer the test and they're like, okay, this does not check out. Like I was like, not- I just stuck my arm I stuck my arm on the needle. I was like, ah, yeah. Yeah, right, exactly. Taxis. Yeah. Yeah. I used to do uh, I used to do a lot of work with like food deserts, and so before the pandemic, it was like twenty six point five million people living without access to produce, right? So throughout the U.S. and I know that that number skyrocketed uh, during the pandemic, and it is always in black and brown communities. Not always there are like rural predominantly, predominantly, um, but it is this thing that there's there are a lot of people trying to get creative with like how to fix it. But the truth of the matter is 90% of junk food advertising goes into the hood yeah. and, and there's all sorts of headwinds to eat healthy, yes. right? Like to it, to there's uh, Andre, Andre Thompson has like a great joke about him trying to find kale. Uh, but it, it's like, it, but it is, it, it's a real thing. And in, with money, it's the same thing, but I've always focused on like, the food side of things and there's so many obstacles in the way so many obstacles let people eat healthy so many Um, obstacles and if you don't do something unique you have to do something unique to a group of people who have who has a like you said unique hurdles unique obstacles you got to do something different you know and i thought that's where bernie sanders failed to be honest with you you know he kept saying hey man these rich people this that the other and black people were like yeah but they wrote laws to make sure that we couldn't we couldn't marry, we couldn't live in certain yeah. places, that we couldn't yeah. own certain things, that we couldn't get educated um, in certain places. That's a unique set of circumstances that requires unique um, solutions. So yeah, I, I went home, and I'm not I'm, to be honest with you, I'm not a big like boycotter and all of that either. You know, I, and I and I'm not knocking anyone who's listening who is. I don't want you to be like, oh, fuck you, John. I boycotted to try to help the movement. I support, you know what I'm saying? You know, there's those people. So I support whatever your form of, you know, whatever form of activism that you do. If you're into the marching, I was out there marching, but I was, you know, I, there's an old saying in the hood. If you knew better, you do better. And while I was marching, I was like, this isn't sustainable. This is not, right. to, you know what I mean? Because after everybody goes home, everybody's going to go back to what they're back to doing. And we're going to be back in the same boat. But with Blap, um, which is by far, and I had someone challenge me on a radio interview the other day, and then they opened up the app and were like, wait a minute, this is the best tool I've ever seen in American history to support Black-owned business. And and breaking oh, yeah. news on you guys' podcast, breaking oh, news. Oh, yes. Yes. Breaking news. The app just got better. So now- Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. I'm going fi- I'm gonna, to I'm gonna tape this part. Okay. Okay. Hold on. Go ahead. Breaking news. Yes. Breaking news. Exclusive. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, only yo on y'all's podcast. 
Hey. There we go. <laughs> you had that on the ready. <laughs> oh, businesses can now add themselves to Blap, um, and then we'll, we'll verify them. So actually, as of today, we also have a flagging feature that can pull out businesses that aren't supposed to be on there. Some of them are closed. Some of them are black owned. Some of them are, have moved different places. A lot of people don't know that 50% of all black owned businesses were lost during the pandemic. Half. Mm, are you other, I didn't know that. Every other yeah. black owned business permanently closed. So now businesses can upload themselves literally as of today to black. We'll verify them, get them up there. We will actually have the most accurate database in American history to support black owned businesses, online oh, businesses, oh as well as, as well as, um, um, brick and mortar businesses. So once they can upload themselves, we also have the ability to flag business. Our, our database will be more accurate than Google, more accurate than anything anyone's ever seen. And that just happens. That's um, incredible. Yeah. That, that does, that yeah, that's, huge. that's impressive. Wait, so you know John, what I would, I'll oh, go ahead, go ahead, Stephen. I'll, okay, I'll say my So thing. I, I, um, I live in Bed-Stuy. Um, and of course you do. Okay, cool. <laughs> and um, I have been on the forefront of gentrification quite a few times. And one of the things that I always like making sure that I find all the black businesses and I'm just supporting black business. It's the best I can do. I, I don't really know. Uh, Yo, you know what? I don't. I, I, I can I can see your angst, but you go ahead and finish, and then I want to say something about your. Sure. Angst. Well, I guess I just wanted to say with the app, like, what do I say to these people that I am a, a patron of their restaurant, their store, whatever, how do I tell them to get uploaded on, on black? Oh, just, you know, just ask them if they have it. You know, if you found them on black, just say, Hey, found you guys on black or you guys, you know, did, you know, did you guys know about black? I mean, right. just to let them know anybody that you tell, um, and any brick and mortars, like I said, as it's, as it stands right now, you can ask them, um, hey, did you guys know you guys should get yourselves on lap? And it's super simple now. Cool. So it'll take them all of all joking aside, 30 seconds. Oh, oh I love that. Yes. Yeah, this isn't some Thank long, you. drawn out process. That's dope, John. Yeah. Yeah, that's really, is, really dope. This is super quick. But as for the feeling about the angst about um gentrification, like I remember years ago when I was here, when I first moved to New York, my first apartment was in Fort Greene. I went to pay my rent. My landlord said, hey, don't worry about it, John. There's a bunch of other places. I said, what are you talking about? Long story short, exactly. She puts me out. We go to court over it. Um, oh, and yeah, and the land and the judge, I remember, said, telling my landlord, he said, why are you asking Mr. Lassard leave? And she said, well, he's a bad tenant. The judge, old Jewish guy, he says, there's no such thing as an eight-year bad tenant. Mm. Said, he said, oh, shit, this happened eight years after? Yeah, I've been oh, wow. living there for eight years. And he wow. said, you know, I'm offended that you would come into my courtroom, essentially, and lie in my face. You know, there's no need to do that. I am, my courtroom is filled with these, these, these black men who are being systematically put out of their places. Oh, you don't wow. just, and, and neighborhoods don't just somehow magically empty like this. We know that right. there's a systematic removal of people from an area. So I only say that to say, and, and and all of us who lived in those neighborhoods all got put out. The bodegas, the the people who lived there, the only people who survived were people who owned the brownstones or the business, right. the whole building. Only people that survived that. 
But to me, like when I see people have angst, my thing is, well, you didn't know that. But what I ask that you do is don't pretend that's not what happened. Mm. Don't say, oh, no, well, it's demand. It's nah, it's not what happened because I had the money. I got, I was told, nah. And then the, the judge said, Mr. Laster, do you have a lease? And I said, no. And he said, of course you don't have a lease because you guys had been living down there all that time. And there was a trust thing. You've right. been living right. place for a decade. You don't keep, hey, let me sign a lease. You just, I, they was like, I family. live here. Right. I used, right. I used right. to watch they, they, they youngins sometimes. Um, that's so unfortunate. So, so only thing I always ask when it comes to gentrification is let's tell the real story of what it looks like. Let's not pretend that this there was a bunch of black people that didn't have any money. No, we got put out. The judge yeah. told her right in her face, no, you're systematically removing people, a certain group of people from this area. And that was also the time that they started putting cops on every corner from the G train over to Myrtle. We had never seen mm. cops in the neighborhood. The cops wasn't there for us all them years. It was for white women. Mm. So that they could safely start to move about the cabin. That's all that was. It was very, very, very targeted, planned, and executed. It was a systematic removal of people. That's so what insane. Would you, what would you like to see? Like, it is a thing that I just, like, I struggle with because I do have angst about it. Like, I, I, I guess I don't know. I don't know to that extent that, like, that systematic displacement is happening. I kind of, in my head, thought it was like a... The prices go up and gradually, oh, no. out, which is which is ignorant. It's not. It's not. It's not ignorant. It's not ignorant to know to not know what you have no idea. Of. Yeah. I mean, if you don't know, like, what you, you want us to be like? Oh, it's it's ignorant that we don't know. You know what antimatter? I don't know, motherfucker. But I'm saying there's no need to feel bad about something that you don't know. But sure. I'm saying once you know, you can say, you know what? Eh, let me tell you. From another perspective, what gentrification looks like. I know an educated yeah. guy that makes money, was living there, and this is what happened to him. And I've mm. heard, you know what I mean? These stories. Yeah. If, if you start asking other people, you'll hear these stories. It was not some So, what do, you, so what do you like to see? Like, what would you like to see people, once they have that knowledge, what is the action to be taken? I think, don't blap, dummy. No. <laughs> <laughs> I think the action to be taken is, first of all, I think if people are aware of what happened just in general, like if we're if we were all on the same page, I think things would have been done anyway. At the time, in real time, I think you would have had, you know, um, probably a lot more legal. Um, it would have been shut down probably legally a lot quicker. I think there would have been ways to to remove that because just like with the redlining, like what you ended up having was, um, you know, people who were activists that were coming in and somebody would go look at an apartment. They would say, oh, no, I can't get it. And then you would come in behind me and they would say, uh, and and then we would both come back in and say, hey, we're with da, 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 da. Do you know what I mean? But if you don't know, that can't happen. Sure. I think yeah, first right. of, the first thing is to get everybody on the same page about what gentrification really is. It's a systematic removal of people with the means. They've been living there. Right. Yeah. These people didn't automatic. I didn't just run out of money one day and then I and then got removed from the neighborhood. It's also moving in. My my sister was a real estate agent and she told me, she said they just put this new real estate agent on DeKalb Avenue. And it's this black woman who 
It's not going to rent to black people. She said, a lot of my clients have went through there. They often use us, you know, kind of like the uh, freaking frat yeah. or Fox News. They always get some cool, yes. right, um, on decal. And she was not renting to black people. And my sister told me her clients were going there. And she was like, oh, I can't find anything. And my sister was like, what are you talking about? There's all this types is open, of shit. This is open, yeah. So yeah. that's how they started to, to get people out of there. Uh, and they would- Well, that, that's because they give the promise- to that, that person thinks they have the promise to get access to the American dream. Well, this is going to be my conduit to be accepted into white society. I'll be accepted yes. into all of these things. So I'll have a seat at the table and this is what it takes to get that rather than really understanding what's happening. Yeah. No, stupid. That's not what you're getting. The place, you're a tool. The place that I'm in now, um, I, I, I documented it on my Instagram. Me and Birbiglia talked about it on his podcast, but long story short, it took me two months to find a place. Keep in mind, I work at the best comedy club in the world. I work there probably more than 99% of all comedians. Mm-hmm. So my credit score, I think he said it needed to be a, um, he said it needed to be close to 600. He said, if it's not quite 600, you know, we can work through it. I was like, no problem. My credit score is 740. Mm. So it's 600 plus another 140. Still couldn't get the keys. Keep in mind that the thing, the reason that it got really uncomfortable is he told me, right? He wasn't supposed to, because I'm not privy to other people's information. He said, I just ran into a white woman across the hall who has, who makes $10,000 a year less than you. And her credit score is 600. Let me do you the worst part. She was from London which means there was no legal recourse if she didn't pay them. Right. Damn. Damn. So So she got the complexion for the protection. And that's why those headwinds require unique solutions. Yeah. Let me me ask you something about about Blab, um, John. And I don't know if this is something you're you're already doing or if it's something that's even possible. So like Green Green Book, I was thinking about that not too long ago um, and traveling by road cross country is still dangerous for black and brown folks. Mm. Do you have anything baked in or is this something on the horizon for black as I'm driving? You know, if I want to take a cross country trip with my family, I know, okay, these are the safe places to eat. These places are safe for you to get gas. This is a safe area for you to stop and get rest or get a hotel. Do you see anything like that? Um. You know what? We could probably incorporate something that like that later. But I mean, our initial concern with Black was primarily um, due to the loss of business, you know, because we didn't have access to capital. We didn't have relationships with the banks like a lot of our white um, counterparts. So, so, so many of our businesses just went under. Um, so, so were, were we not getting those PPP loans? Were we? Did we not get access to those? Were right. we just getting denied? Yeah, just didn't have access to them because we didn't have, you know, the same relationships with bankers. And a lot of our businesses, you know, were from, um, um, you know, smaller banks. And, and, and even if you do bank somewhere and you don't have a relationship with the banker and the bank, keep in mind, during the pandemic, the physical space wasn't open. Right. So now right. you're just a number. Right. Right, in a queue. In right. a queue. So a good, long, luck, good luck yeah. surviving. Right. 
Right, while you're waiting in that queue. Yeah. Right, exactly. Wow. Yeah, it took me, I think, um, I think I got my first unemployment check, I want to say three months or something like that after the pandemic had started. And fortunately, like I said, you know, I'm in a, I'm in a reasonably good position. I'm, I'm truly blessed. So I wasn't overly stressed about it. But those, those lines were clogged up forever. Yeah. You had a whole country sitting at home. So imagine yeah. trying to survive that as a business person, not getting the not getting the PPP loan. And they said, oh, don't worry. We're going to come with another round. Well, I didn't survive that. Right. I didn't survive the first round. So that second round is not going to help me. So, yeah. so exactly. So guess, and guess who was, who were the people that were dropping the fastest? Us. Yeah. And there's no news yeah. coverage of it. You know what I mean? You know what yeah. I mean? No, there was not any news coverage of it. It was just kind of a general most businesses people, are struggling. Most people don't even know that. But if you Google it, you will find out it'll say, yeah, nearly 50% of black owned businesses went under during the pandemic. Yeah, that number is stunning. That's right? staggering and yeah. it's terrifying and yes. very painful. Yes. Very painful. But I mean, rather than complain about it, that's why I got to work. Blah, yeah. blah, blah. I hear that. <laughs> yeah. um, that's what I think of every time I hear blap. Like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what does black stand for? Uh, half black, half app. <laughs> okay, where? Okay, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> no, you know what? No, no, no. In all fairness, it don't stand for nothing. People thought it stood for some like live, like some dope acronym. When people ask me, I'm like half black, half app. Half app. That's <laughs> what, but half black, half app is perfect. Black, I dig that. Yeah, I, I love. That's what it is. Yeah, it's a black ass app. It's a black ass app. It really is. Yeah, um, I love it. John, let me run this sketch idea by you that Frankie and I have for the show. So basically it's Lassie during redlining. And so, so basically black family comes to the door. They're turned down by the family that's there. And you know, the, the uh, black lady, she's just like, do you not understand how fucked up this is? Right. Just keep on. Do you not understand? But then Lassie, every time she comes in the scene would bark and then the white people would understand Lassie perfectly. Because and and they can't understand black people, they can understand Lassie. But then, so the black family finds that out, kidnaps Lassie, teaches her about systemic racism, and then Lassie changes the whole conversation about redlining by just barking at white people um, and teaching them about. It's hilarious because it's the the level of truth in that, the right. fact that that could actually happen in in real. World, like in the real world, that that could actually happen. I know people a white can't girl, understand dogs. I know a white girl that does not understand anything about uh, issues that affect black people, but will be like, I think my dog needs to poop. Like you know, like like I I think I like just they you understand. know a white girl that wore cat ears to a date and it wasn't Halloween. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> I, I do. I did not go on a second date, uh, but she did bring cat ears to to first date. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. I like that sketch though. I, I, I like that it. sketch a lot. Yeah, you want to be in, you want to be the husband in the black family. John? I like that sketch a lot. Let me know if I have time. We're, yeah, yeah, when yeah, we start when we start shooting, and obviously these will be closed sets, and we'll be super COVID safe. I know we got um, the yeah, whole we have a lot of filming the whole stuff coming up. Last like seventy two hours have just been like coming to terms with the facts. Like, all right, start putting some fire under the projects that do not require you. To hop on stage. <laughs> so, what's what's next for you, John? Like, what what's what's happening with Blap? With things um, changing as much as they are, do you think Blap will help to maintain some of these black businesses? If God forbid we go into some version of the lockdown we went into last year, you know what? I I 
Well, two things. Flap is already helping a great deal. Like people I talk to all the time are like, yo, I found this on Blap. I found that on Blap. Last yeah. night, somebody was telling me like um, that they ordered their wedding cake. Shut up. Yeah. Please. A friend of mine who oh. said, yeah. Me and I my husband. That. I love it. Yeah. Me and my fiance, we were on Blap. We were checking out. You know, I was telling them like, hey, my friend's got this app for Black-owned businesses. You know, we should do our part, whatever, whatever. And um, and they found a wedding cake. I love so, it. like every day, it's it's actually working. And with regard to the lockdown, I don't believe there's going to be another. Lock- I don't think anyone has the political stomach for it. Um, yeah. So, um, number one, number two, I also I also think that you don't need to apply the the first. Um, I don't think that we need to re- re- to apply the first pandemic's problem to this one. I think each of these strands is very different. different I think yeah. this one is spreading faster, not nearly as deadly. So I don't think yeah. it's going to overwhelm the hospital system. Also, keep in mind that when that first strand came out, no one was vaccinated. Boom, yeah, for so sure. This is a very different thing. I, I think that this will burn through like a forest fire, you know, in the next two or three weeks. And, and there won't there won't be need for lockdown. Oh God, I ho- I really really hope so. I can't. Uh, I, I mean, don't have the mental fortitude for you. Got to keep in mind that the worst thing that could happen to people is that they could get uh, uh, sick, maybe like a flu or a cold. Then there would have never been need to panic, and that's exactly what you're seeing with right. this one because of the yeah. vaccines. The risk right. of death has come plummeting significantly. Down. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't yeah, think I mean, that you need. When you said your friend ordered a cake through Blap, can you actually order? Like, if I find a a, food, a restaurant near me, can I order food through the app? You would. It would take you to their website. You know. Got you. Okay. Got yeah. you. Got you. Got so, you. Okay. I mean, I mean, ideally, we'll have in-app purchases. But my goal in the beginning was simply awareness. Just, yes. Just awareness. To get the yeah. word out there. I mean, now. You know, you're taking money from investors, whatever, whatever. You're becoming a CEO. So now you do have to start thinking about, okay, now how can we make money? So first you got to get structurally, everything has to be in order. The last two pieces was one, to be able to flag businesses that are not supposed to be in there or unfortunately that closed or whatever. And then secondly, businesses being able to add themselves because that was the second biggest. How do I get on? How do I get on? So now that we solved that problem and announced it today, um, now we get oh, yeah. on to the business of how do we make Blap a fun place to be on? Meaning you can order right. in the app. You don't have to go to the to a website. Right. Or like um, we're going to have Blap Live pretty soon. So Oh, shut up. What's Blap Live? Blap Live is going to be like, that should be up probably in the next two to three weeks. Which, so you'll be able to go on there and there'll be workouts. There'll be yoga. There'll be oh, love it. church love it. With, with black instructors. Yes. Oh, okay. So we need to talk about this other thing. Yeah. That, yeah. We need to talk about this. other. No, what else yeah, we gonna have on there? Podcasts. Oh yeah. Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I'm in love with it. Uh, <laughs> we'll just have to we'll just have to um close your square out, Stephen, and then <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. Oh no, no. Stephen is I like Stephen, I like to imagine he's welcome. Yeah, no, no, I'm, just, bu- I'm just busting his balls. I just I'm just busting his balls. I like to imagine that your phone has just two apps, Blap and that siren. That's <laughs> <laughs> all you got. It's just, it's just, it's just, it's just, that's it. I love it. 
Yeah, so no, we're gonna have Black Live. Um, yeah, we're gonna have podcasts on there. So it's you know once we got all of the um our ducks in a row, which we did now the now we can start you know adding the uh we can add the fun to it. The fun to it. What does monetization look like? Is it just kind of ad space? I think, man, I'm. We've got a couple ads on there now. I'm not a fan of it. I think monetization is probably gonna look like um subscriptions. So, love, I know, love preferably, yeah. yeah. I hate ads. So, yeah. like the yeah. workouts that most people that I know are doing, at least the women that I know are like, and and some of my friends who do boxing workouts, it's like twenty bucks a piece. Yeah. Um, at the minimum, ten. But I don't know very many people who even get away with ten. It's usually twenty dollars a class. But I've decided to start a workout class called the two dollar holler. Um, so it'll be two bucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It'd I dig it. You know what? Fuck you, John. That's so brilliant. I love yeah. that. That's so f- okay. Go ahead. That's yeah. so funny. You'll be able to, holla. I love it. Yeah, you'll be able to jump on there. But eventually, what you'll be able to do is you'll be able to, you know, for twenty dollars a month on Black, you'll be able to, you know, go to all the workout classes you want, all the right. meditation classes, cooking classes, maybe comedy shows on the weekend, um, free deliveries for in-app purchases. That way there's value to your, you know, for your 20 bucks. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Yo, I would, I would also add in every single option, like the opportunity to be like, do you want to add anything else? Because I see like a lot of people getting that subscription because they want to support, like before they even know what like is provided, like provided with that subscription. Like if if every single thing you're like $20 to get workout classes, but if you wanted to add anything else, tip this you know like call it a tip jar or whatever you call it i feel like there'd be a lot of people that would just tack on another five bucks a month or another like two bucks a month that would just to support that's dope we'll call it a white tax no, i'm kidding all right yeah call it the white tax yeah, yeah right, right. We'll, we'll call it are the, you white we'll, we'll call it the guilt tax yes <laughs> yeah, right, yes, yes, yes it's like you know when those things you have to prove you're not a robot like it's just yes, like prove you're not white it's like a bunch of spices <laughs> in a spice rack and they're just like which one of these do you have in your kitchen you do that, you know you this are. unpopular jackson <laughs> yeah, exactly exactly <laughs> <laughs> little cap truck you like that's you like, actually you like, hilarious. You like twenty dollars. Let's see here. Uh, my gentrification, I'll throw two of this. I called the cops on my loud black neighbors. Two dollars. Yeah, two more dollars. That's hilarious. Before we get out of here, John, where can people find you? Oh, you- um, what do you have coming up next? Like, what's going on in John's world? Not just black. You have a lot in your world. Like, what's happening? How can we see you? How can we follow you? How can we stop you? Okay. Yeah. And how can we support? Yo, easiest way to find me is that um, he was funny. Yeah. Oh, he was funny. Okay, I get it. Yeah. My Instagram handle is he was funny. People are like, he was funny? Oh, that's good. How did you get that? (laughs) I'm like, I typed in, he was funny. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so he was funny. Um, And then other than that, you know, I'm down at the Comedy Cellar all of the time. I've been having to scale back a tiny bit. I'm always there on the weekend, but I've been having to scale back. Um, because of Black, especially with Black History Month, Black History Month coming up, we are gonna rebrand oh, it Black right. History Month. Um, so, um, so yeah, that's Hercules. pretty busy. I'm very excited. Congratulations on all your success. Literally, John is one of the most phenomenal comedians. If you have not seen him, take a minute, go onto the Sellers website, find a show that he's on, 
click on it, get a ticket, and go. You will not be sorry. I'm trying to tell you, I have never had... When this man introduces me, I already know my set's about to be fire. Hey. He's a phenomenal host, incredible comic, and he's putting some good back into the world and letting us know where and how we can get in front of, patronize, work with, and give our money to these black-owned businesses. Yeah. John, my hat is on, but I'm taking it off to you. Sure. That is, thank you. Thank you. It for is also, um, just like one last thing is so much when I was coming up in comedy, like I've always had these different business hustles and stuff like that. And so many people would always say like, if you're going to be a comedian, you got to do only comedy. You need to only focus. And it is inspiring and dope to see uh, you on another hustle while you're still killing it at comedy. So. Hold on. And also before you go, can you list a couple of ce- major celebrities have endorsed Blap? We didn't even talk about that. Can oh, you true. just tell us oh, a little yeah. bit? You know what, yeah. man? I mean, yeah, I mean, let's talk about that a little bit. Th- well, th- well, no, there's going to be a ton of people because we have some, some, some more stuff coming up. Leslie was the first one. Leslie Jones was the first one to, to, um, to put it out there and have people download the app, which is great because, you know, it's so funny. My developers, they were like, you know, they look at, we look at the analytics and they were like, oh yeah. And then, you know, there was this big spike and I said, yeah, a friend of mine, you know, (laughs) decided to jump out there and promote the app. And they were like, Mm. you must have some popular friends. (laughs) Right, right, right. The world causes a spike in an app. Uh, I was like, yeah, Leslie Jones. (laughs) Um, So yeah, a bunch of my friends um, are jumping in the mix. She was the first one, but Black Black History Month, there's going to be a lot more names too that um that, oh, you know, that are that's out exciting. There. Yeah, Can you bro. give us any teasers? Not in terms of names, but like what is Black History Month going to consist of? You know what? Ideally, what I'm going to have do is um I like to have like little known facts because we always do the Martin Luther King, Malcolm X right. nonsensical thing, but I would really like to do some things that uh, that really highlight things that people would really be that would really like open people's minds up um, black and white people to, to things that almost are like the, the, um, the CRT thing that people are running from is primarily educated white people that are like, don't tell our kids that like, say, for example, we're all educated, right? If I asked you guys who the richest man ever to walk the earth was, you would say what? It, but it's wrong, though, right? Right. I was probably going like, just asking you to take a take a crack at it, like a Rockefeller, J.P. Morgan type. Right. Who would you say? Uh, maybe one of the Bilderbergs, or you know, one of those guys. Right. But it's it's a black man, isn't it? Mansa Musa. Yes, I I knew that, but I couldn't think of his name. I, I, I yeah, I recently heard that or read that somewhere. Who is Mansa Musa? Exactly. So that's what we want to do for Black History Month. Yeah. Educate the world. And they said Mansa Musa, it's a crazy thing about Mansa Musa was if you stacked Bill Gates and Jeff Bezos on top of one another, they still wouldn't have the wealth really? that Mansa Musa did. Not only that, he's had the longest run of the richest human being to ever walk the face. Oh, he's alive right now? No, he's dead. He's been dead. Oh. But this, is, but, yeah. but this is this guy was around in probably like the 14, 1500s, but it's okay. like a 500 year run of being oh, wow. human to ever. You know what I mean? Like not so even his family's rich, family, family, you would like, you would have to. It would almost be like if Jeff Bezos was the richest guy from now until twenty five hundred. Jesus, that's yeah. how rich this guy was. 
So I wonder if he's like one of that. my ancestors. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not the normal, like, oh, let's talk about more Ludic. No, let's talk about like like the, yeah, these little known, very interesting and important because history always seems to try to make it seem as though you know, black people, they was they, all they were ever were was slaves. They never, you know yeah. what I mean? They just and there's no erased that. all of the, yeah, they erased everything around that. It's like they were slaves and then they were poor and now they're criminals. Like that's like, yeah. <laughs> well, it's the also trajectory the trajectory like, that, you know, they try to put out there historically for black people and it's not true. Go the ahead. more of these like niche historical figures that they put out, the more like you know that that's an option. You know what I mean? Like, like when talking to a lot of my black friends that it's, you're told so much about basketball players and rappers and talking about like, they're, these are the options for you. But like the more, uh, people that you see that are doing all of these. You're talking about visibility, bringing about possibility. Exactly. Representation. Yeah. Oh, yeah well, this, yeah. but this is the thing though, is that these aren't niche experiences. These aren't one-offs. You sure, know what I mean? The, the, he's sure, not sure. the only one. He's just the wealthiest in history happens to be a black man. But there are plenty of examples of very wealthy, very well accomplished, highly educated, incredibly productive black people that not have been um, overlooked or forgotten about. They were intentionally left out of history. Because sure, how sure. do you keep someone systemically held back if they know they have this rich, beautiful history that they can draw and pull from to push them forward? You hide it. Yes. That's what you do. And then you mm. put forward Over. only the history that you want them to feed. To, or, to you, or you argue as you're running for governor for Virginia, they're trying to indoctrinate our children. They're trying to indoctrinate our children. That bullshit. That bull With the truth. And so you yeah. don't want your kids to know the truth. Right. Because that's what they're literally saying. That's it hurts our kids' feelings to know the truth. Well, what do you think it feels like? I know what it feels like to be the only black kid in an all-white history class. And then the only conversation they have about black people is slavery. And then every white person, when they mention it, they turn and look at you like, so, Frankie, tell us your personal experience with slavery. Bitch, I don't know. <laughs> right. But, I, but the, know, only so, way, yeah. the only way that we have a chance out of that nonsense is for everyone, when we're having a conversation about something, to know the whole truth. Right. Which is why exactly when, right. when, when you were cringing, Steve, and I said, hey, the best thing you can do about, about gentrification is tell the whole know story. The truth. Yeah, know then the truth. we can start to figure out what to do. But the first thing we got to do is all be on the same page. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. So that we 100%. don't talk past one another. Yep. yep. Yeah. Word. I love it. This has been um, quite wonderful. I say in six months when Blap is the. Number one app in the world, and you are a bajillionaire, and you probably won't know me anymore. You got it right. And you stat. <laughs> Excuse me, nigga. I don't know who you are. <laughs> Blab says, "For I'm rich as fuck." <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I told you up front, so don't say I changed. Say, yo, he can't. I, I will not. I will not. I'm like, no, no, no. He stayed true to his word. Yeah. He said, "No, bitch, I don't know you." But in six months, let's come back on and please let's revisit and talk yeah, yeah. about all the wonderful things and strides that Blap has made. And then we will have our own stories of how we use Blap and it's made things a little bit, a lot easier for us. Thank you so much, John, for coming on. We appreciate you. Again, follow him. The best way to follow him is on Instagram. He was funny. Wonderful dude. Thank you so much for this amazing conversation. I have been Frankie French. And I'm Stephen Campbell. Go download Blap.
<laughs> go, yes, go download <laughs> Blab and share it with your friends. And then when you listen to nonprofits, like, subscribe, share. This is the nonprofits. We'll see you next week. Peace. All right, let me stop.